hot, the hottest of takes. The hottest of takes. Not today, though. Are we recording? Oh, yeah. We're recording. It's Tuesday, January 12th, 2021. Welcome to DeFi Download. I'm John T. With me every week is The Curb. How's it going, Curb? Good. How you doing? Good, good, good. I should have been that to uh, most weeks. But we're back. We're back. We're back here to... Every week we tackle the uh, toughest of questions in decentralized finance. If you want to get your questions on the show, follow us at DeFi underscore download on Twitter. Uh, comment, tag us. Starting next week, we'll be back in the flow. How was your, uh, your break? Good. I mean, you know, considering. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was weird. It was different. But it was a break uh, uh, to some extent. It's, it's, inter- it's interesting with all remote and all decentralized projects on my plate at this point, it sort of was interesting to go to the meetings anyway and see like who showed up. So break wasn't so much about not having the team meetings. It was more like half the team shows up and everyone's kind of like, I wasn't sure if we were supposed to be here or not. And then it's like, well, there's no agenda. And so they just end up talking about like everything just turned into a hang, uh, which really wasn't bad. Um, it was break like yeah. in a way, I suppose, in a world where, you know, we couldn't go visit family for two weeks or, you know, kind of what we would usually do, I guess. Yeah, it was very strange to like kind of have a, oh, I guess this should be vacation time, but not traveling anywhere, not really seeing family and other, a lot of people continue to work. Uh, I was, kid was out of school, so I was pretty focused on that for a couple of weeks. Uh, but, uh, you know, the crypto markets did not take the uh, two weeks off. No, no, they ramped. They ramped until I was getting c- calls from grandparents asking me about what the Bitcoin was. <laughs> We're there again. Um, I'm, not, I'm not quite to grandparent level, but uh, a couple friends finally following back degree, up. Third degree friends. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's funny because this week it pulled back a tiny bit. And so everybody's, you know, panicking and it's just sort of like, welcome to volatility. I mean, it's still at its highest it's been since last Wednesday, but whatever. Yeah. It crashed to, let me check $30,000. Yes. It crashed to 30,000. Yeah. It's still, it's, you know, and it's the same thing. If you've been on the roller coaster for a while, uh, part of it is what it is, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. But also, yeah. Yeah, that's why I don't give advice to people around investments because some people probably got wrecked in the last four or five days, you know, and now what can you tell them? But like, hold on, except also eh, I might also lose another hundred percent. Yeah. I think if you are casual in the space and just getting into it, you know, a lot of people have their own strategies that work for them and, you know, find a strategy that works for you. But I think the baseline that works for everyone, if you are trying to get into a position uh, in Bitcoin or Ethereum or any of these DeFi coins that you feel strongly about, best to ease your way in. Just ease your way in over time, um, especially for the larger ones. No one knows where it's going to go. They might know where it's going to go long term, but they don't know when it's going to get there. You know, I think we're all pretty bullish on uh, Bitcoin, Ethereum, a lot of those tokens. I don't know if they're going to reach lofty price targets this year, next year, if they'll pull back 70% along the way, if that'll be next week two weeks from now or not. So two rules. One, easier way in. Uh, second rule, if it goes up a lot and you're just looking at a larger chunk of money than you were expecting to see uh, at that time, just take a little out. 
take a little out. If it goes back down, you can buy back in. It keeps going up. Sell some more. It's okay. As someone who has not sold uh, when they should have uh, a number of times, uh, tell you that the watching it uh, drop all the way back down while you're waiting for it to recover for that second second jump uh, and doing that wait for years uh, is not is not fun. So just that would be my any advice. investor who shames you for taking profit is not worthy to call themselves an investor. Immediately they're just, stop they're listening. Just gambling. To them. Yeah. 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 Immediately stop listening to their advice. Yeah, and everyone <laughs> profit uh, whenever you want. <laughs> and everyone's situation is different. If you've only got like a tiny bit in it, and you've got a day job, and you're just kind of getting, the, you know, learning about it, like don't sell any then if it goes up like a, a little bit because you're not going to like you know if you're not trying to play it back and forth. Um, but if you're looking at a chunk of money and you're like, this is this is pretty nice. This could be helpful for things, um, and you're really considering it, like okay. Take a little bit off the table. You know, you're sitting at the blackjack table. You get a little stack. You know, I would, when at times I would go, I'd just go like, I'll just move, just move a little bit over here. I'm just not going to touch this one. I'm just not going to touch this one for the rest of the night. And don't double down on a cruise ship. That's <laughs> what I learned. Uh, they, and I, I, I looked into this later. There's no like gambling commission for the casinos on cruise ships. So mm. they have no, they have no one telling them they're not allowed to mess with their decks. And so they're like six decks shoot has fewer tens in it than it should statistically wow you know like cruise ship gambling splitting 20 and doubling down did not work out for me the way that it should have the number of for the number of times that i did it statistically like it just didn't it caused me to go down a whole rabbit hole of research to figure out what the deal was with cruise ship blackjack decks and they're not clean no there's your your, learn something every day Speaking of regulations, good uh, good segue. Um, Hey, I'd say the other big crypto news is some of the big stuff that came out recently. Like the, uh, I'm not sure how much you're paying attention, but the uh, OCC guidelines coming out saying that basically banks can now treat public blockchains basically the same way that they treat Swift and ACH for value transfer. Uh, so really opens up, especially for you know DeFi and Ethereum, the space where banks could be running nodes, storing stable coins, um, accepting stable coins uh, in the not too distant future. Uh, I assume they'll have to work out a lot of infrastructure. Wouldn't be shocked to see some banks buy some uh, crypto custodians or other service providers, uh, but pretty wild. It's interesting that it's happening well, there's, there's a lot of stuff happening at once, right? Coinbase is cruising toward an IPO, so they need to be clear. If they're going to call themselves a bank and be regulated as such, they need to be allowed to do certain things they're already doing. At the same time, the enforcement actions against Ripple around XRP are happening. And the funny thing there is that they've always held themselves out as a Swift competitor. And so they're actually getting like <laughs> their legs lopped off. At the same time that the regulators are going, oh, we could actually have some Swift competitors based on the the perspective yeah. technology you've been pitching. You just pitched it wrong for too long. And now we got, so, so they're getting taken out. So somebody else can jump in there now with that pitch. But, you know, it's, it's, it's probably gonna be like just JP Morgan with Quora or whatever their like Ethereum fork was that they were working on a few years ago. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, obviously vague. You know, they didn't go in and say, okay, you can only do it on Ethereum. You know, they have to leave it room for growth in the future. So, uh, you know, any, 
blockchain that considers itself a, a public blockchain could say, oh yeah, now we can do this. But eventually there'll probably have to be some guidelines for which ones, or maybe banks will just kind of pick themselves for which ones that they think will will work with. And for uh, those unfamiliar, the OCC is like the oversight committee for or governing body for um, all the uh, federal, uh, national banks. Um, yes. So there's things like, uh, in Wyoming last year, there were a number, I guess, Kraken, and then I think this other one, Avanti, two banks that got charters for basically holding uh, to be like kind of Bitcoin banks. But that's, you know, the bank's rules are weird where there's like a lot of state-to-state stuff, and then there is like one high-level, um, higher-level organization. So the OCC is a higher-level thing for the whole country, uh, which makes that big for opening up things for all states to now like consider like, hey, you know, we can kind of support this stuff. And then uh, the other one I thought was interesting was the the kind of the midnight rule by Steve Mnuchin um, trying to get this slide in this uh, FinCEN ruling uh, saying that, I guess, if basically what it boiled down to is if you wanted to withdraw from Coinbase to your hardware wallet, you would have to do KYC basically on that hardware wallet. Like you can't uh, withdraw from Coinbase to a non-KYC'd uh, location right yeah it's using the central the rule there would use the set well, Lextow actually wrote a uh we got a comment up on it it's actually on nice. the government website it's kind of fun um yeah the problem there is like they're trying to use this centralized aspect of coinbase to kind of make it so that they can't like all it ends up being an attack on personal wallets which is really problematic if you consider that this stuff is supposed to be like cash that's like them saying everyone that you ever hand cash to has to check your id Mm -hmm. um you know with credit cards like it's it's kind of already that way right it's hard to get a credit card without them going through this sort of kyc stuff and like that's fine but we've always had this cash sort of alternative that's inherently private um so i mean mostly there it's interesting just seeing the government start to try to you know get in and 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 poke at this stuff and then it always reveals their you know the stable act is the same way like it reveals the biases or the misunderstandings or where the lobbyist money's coming from and this one in particular like it really feels like a last minute thing as the administration's on the way out the door like trying to toss this bone or whatever just like finish up this project before i get booted and replaced in you know late january <laughs> or whatever yeah uh, i guess a week um yeah, that was kind of uh, interesting the, to see them be very specific. It's a very specific thing. You know, I think the previous years you'd see like regulations come out and people would be like, oh, this is how it like applies to crypto. And now we're seeing stuff where like, this is a crypto thing. We're doing this because of crypto, about crypto. And like, like oh, oh, shit. Like, <laughs> eyes, well, eyes so on us. The interesting thing I find myself pointing out here. This, this relates a little bit more to the, like the the two of the things you mentioned, the the OCC and the FinCEN, are both actions by regulatory bodies, but ultimately they're empowered by the law and the executive branch, and so, like the Stable Act is a bigger thing because if that passed, that would preempt whatever the SEC or the OCC has had to say about anything, because mm-hmm. those regulatory bodies, their job is just to follow the law, and so. The fact that things like the Stable Act are popping up means that the 
that the lawmakers are starting to pay attention, which is what gets interesting because that's the layer where you might say, but the comptroller said that stable coins are fine. Like it doesn't matter. A law preempts everything, including like the Supreme court. So it doesn't even matter if the Supreme court says you can have stable coins. Like if Congress then passes a law that says, no, you can't all the Supreme court is even allowed to do is enforce that law. So, you know, I, it's a long way of saying it's just going to get increasingly interesting because now that the regulators are starting to respond to things, that's going to cause the population to have things to say to their representatives, and then their representatives are going to take that to legislation, and you're going to end up with laws about what we can or can't do that, you know, on some level end up enforceable, right? Like, uh, this is a, a, an ongoing conversation we've been having in Lextow at this point without getting too far into political conversations about armed insurrection and things like that, like, you know, AWS pulling the plug on parlor is a thing that's, you know, like it, once the laws exist to create the right pressure on the, on the infrastructure points that can shut this stuff down, it'll start happening. And so all of that stuff will end up becoming a test for what is the maximally decentralized thing. You know, like they took down Napster as decentralized as it was. There was a point of centralization mm -hmm. that the law used to take it down because users were violating copyright. Uh, BitTorrent, not as easy to do. And Pirate Bay is still existing and shuffling around because it's impossible to chase, right? So it's, it's, it's this interesting cat and mouse game that's ongoing always with technology, but really starting to get real now for for crypto i think uh or at least for cryptocurrency and all that kind of stuff right i mean I, I i'm always hesitant to say crypto because there's another side of the fight that's literally just like is cryptography allowed which is completely separate uh, yeah. uh or is encryption allowed which is another art another fight that's important to pay attention to <laughs> yeah those are like the og the og fights that kind of never really yeah. go away um yeah with i mean obviously we've this all kind of comes back to the the DeFi lens that we talk about here. And the first thing when I heard the um, the FinCEN ruling, I'm like, well, guess I'm just leaving everything in DeFi. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the the tricky bit comes in to the edges. It's like that's all well and good, but until then, my you know anything I want to purchase, I can pay them directly on Ethereum or on some L2 if I have to, you know, in a stable coin. Uh, which they then need to, if they're going to pay taxes or whatever, they have to get that back to real dollars at some point. And like, it's, it's those endpoints that they go after, right? So like, how do I get from my USDC coin to, which itself can be heavily regulated. Um, you could, they can blacklist addresses and things like that. But let's say even like die something that's more decentralized. Um, I can use that as payment, but if anyone needs to, pay taxes, pay bills, whatever, for some somewhere where they don't accept die, you have to get that into dollars. And that, that's right. the, we can build everything we want in DeFi. And we're building a whole bunch of, there's a whole bunch of cool stuff being built all the time. But when you need to get it out, like that, those are those edges can still be attacked and regulated. Um, I'm not saying that they shouldn't be regulated or, or addressed. It's just that, okay, how can we make it so you don't, you A, don't stifle innovation. Actually, that should be more the B. The A and the one are just general censorship resistance. Like, how can we make these things so you can do as much as humanly possible in these things without being censored? Because we're seeing that come down hard right now, like you mentioned with Parler. Like that's starting at 
you know, speech and information. Um, and we've talked about it before. We're generally bleeding West Coast liberals here. Uh, but seeing this stuff is scary because it's like, okay, well, you know, you're taking people down like from uh, being able to use these platforms. Um, they've already, I think, they're already getting their bank accounts shut down. You know, that happens all over the place for all types of different industries. Um, and it's, they come for the speech and they come for the money. Um, and then once that power is given up, it's like, it's near impossible to get back. Well, and I think, and this kind of gets to the, the, I think the reasoning behind things like the stable act is that if the law doesn't, lay out what's allowed uh, for the citizens ultimately or for businesses, then those edges are going to end up owned by the traditional system, right? And that was, that was kind of the argument I think they were making with that, which is the sort of existing financial oligarchs are going to end up owning the cash system in a way that they're not really able to now because cash is a government instrument and it works a certain way with regards to privacy and things like that. If the end point always ends up being, well, will Bank of America take my die? Then that die doesn't end up being private anymore because that end point ends up, the end point is the same as it ever was. You're, you're back out into this digital cash, or not even cash, digital money ecosystem that is owned by the not private sort of side that is not just like cash dollars and you know greenbacks in your hand. Um, the piece I think they're missing that you and I live inside of is how much building is happening. Like, happening like how much of my life i can take care of without ever exiting to fiat and when and, and when people understand that it's so much easier like you can end up down the rabbit hole of going i don't understand why anyone would ever exit to fiat yeah right and and as that snowball grows and grows and grows like a rule about stable coins with regards to cash like doesn't necessarily even matter and so you know if you listen to something like the bankless episode with with uh, 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 Rowan Gray on it, the primary author of the Stable Act. Like, it's kind of the point that he's making. He's just very fatalistic about it. He's sort of like, we have to do this thing because these oligarchs are going to win. And I think the bankless folks are sort of on the other side going, no, you, the thing about being bankless is you never have to trade it out of die. You just pay your rent and die. Right. You allow the innovation <laughs> right? to get to the point where... Yeah. Um, yeah. But... Someone has to, right? Someone still has to pay taxes until the government accepts right. Uh, uh, right. tax payments in die. Like that's ultimately where the buck stops. Um, literally, yeah. I on the bank list, and then he was also like on the Hidden Forces pod, and just the the tone of the argument was more like, "Oh, these evil corporate oligarchs have all the power, but if you give it to me and this group." of you know um government employees we will handle it better um and because we're well-intentioned and that scares the shit out of me um because right that's i'm not that's saying he isn't necessarily he right, might he, right. he might be but the next person once they see like oh this is this this is where all the power lies to control the money the well-intentioned people won't stay there for long before they themselves are corrupted or they're re replaced with corrupted people. Like it's just how things work. Um, so anything that is targeted towards just adding unnecessary or 
targeted control of these things. I just scares me. Um, but anyways, I don't, I don't think that's really, it didn't seem like that's gained a lot of traction. I haven't checked in on it recently. Um, looks like hopefully the FinCEN thing is not going to make it. I think there's enough distractions with the current state of the, uh, current administration that, um, I don't think anyone's going to be rushing to approve anything that they recently put forth. Yeah. Yeah, they went and tainted their whole agenda. <laughs> yeah. Don't need to get into that. Um, all right. Uh, well, keep it a little bit of a shorter one this week. I guess uh, one thing we we're going to touch on real quick, um, you know, we did a little intro at the beginning of um, when we kicked the podcast off, I guess, 13 episodes ago. But um, I don't know. Do you want to give a quick you know, a couple minute rundown just on, you know, where people can, what you, what you work on and where people can find out more about the things that, that you work on just to give some added uh, context. Yeah, for sure. Um, as it relates to DeFi, I'm just kind of, I, I, I pay attention around the edges. Um, I, I'm long Ethereum, I'm long Bitcoin. So the only advice I ever tend to give people is, Hey, here are the stable parts of that tech stack. Uh, hang on for 10 years and I think good stuff will happen. But everything past that, it's just John educating me about DeFi things. Um, my focus is is largely, my background is uh, legal as a, a legal technologist, I guess I would call myself at this point, and entrepreneur. Uh, most of my DeFi decentralized ecosystem work is focused on DAO House, where we're building a platform to let people uh, for uh, to use DAO technology and smart contracts to facilitate community ownership of projects, communities, uh, you know, whatever. We have product DAOs, we got service DAOs, we got all kinds of stuff. Uh, and then LexDAO, which is actually a community of legal engineers. So people working on legalistic smart contracts, and stuff like that. Uh, that's that's largely where I'm coming from. Uh, I'm also a member of Raid Guild, which is a design development and marketing DAO, where we, uh, we're just a creative agency. So if you need marketing skills, uh, like 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 buttery smooth podcasts, just like this one. <laughs> Come to Raid Guild. DAOs for days. Yeah, I I'm on record that I consider DAOs DeFi, and that's actually the point when people like I I just hear people discuss crypto more on podcasts. Like Hidden Forces a lot. It's coming up coming up more and more. You mentioned like the Rowan Gray guy going on like Bankless and all this stuff. Like the the argument I think people generally miss when talking to the people that are not deep in crypto is crypto i don't consider money really technology it's it's human coordination but like the coordination is driven by the the transfer of value um and their human coordination tools and that's those are the problems we're trying to solve um not just like hey here's money how only like, exists money so works. we can trade it like the argument i always used yeah. to give is like the value of it everybody thinks okay a dollar is worth a dollar no a dollar is worth the fact that the person you trade it to to get your coffee recognizes the value of that trade. And it's really like a mind-blowing thing with people like yeah. like philosophically when you realize the value is not the piece of paper. The value is what you can do with it, right? And, yeah, and, and what like, you can do with it is coordinate human behavior. Well, I don't have to barter with you about what this cup of coffee is worth because we have a, a, an agreed-upon system of value transfer. <laughs> yeah, right. and if, the, if a DAO never had any assets in its treasury or whatever – it would just be a zoom call. Like what, what's the point? What are you voting yeah, right, on? If right. If you're not, I mean, it's not value. Yeah, and value at their core, be... All of these DAOs are bank accounts that are controlled by the community yeah. via, you know, crypto, 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 cryptographically 
uh, uh, recorded, you know, yeah, and that, communication. <laughs> that treasury can be a, a funny joke token you made up, or it can be pieces of artwork, or it can be dollars, or it can be Bitcoin, or it can be whatever. Um, yeah, and then uh, for me, uh, the biggest things I'm involved in now, I guess it was recently, just after we stopped the podcast, I got more involved with uh, BadgerDAO, um, is a DAO focused on bringing Bitcoin into DeFi. Uh, so took on a little bit larger of a role there, focusing on how we can kind of build sustainability. It's largely a, a yield farming DAO. There's vaults where you can deposit Bitcoin, you can deposit Badger, some LP tokens, uh, and earn yield denominated in Badger. Um, but a lot of focus on how we can make that work sustainably because we can't just give people Badger in perpetuity without actually making any money on it. So um, actually we did an AMA with the founder last week with a lot of details there. We got a token coming up, um, a new token dropping that's going to be a rebasing token based on Bitcoin called DIG that should be dropping um, this week. Uh, which will I like the memory of dig going with badger now. Yeah, no, it's good. Good memes. Uh, generally some, some decent memes. We could use some more memes. I, I, I would say um, if you want to create some memes, join the community, but a uh, very community focused project right now. And just trying to figure out a lot of the governance stuff, how you get people to vote, how you deploy those, you know, the results of those votes, how you propose complex, um, proposals uh things like that so a lot of exciting stuff going in there um if you've listened to previous episodes you kind of know my take on rebasing tokens but um we've got some interesting mechanics we could do to try to help this one stay pretty pegged to to bitcoin so it should be interesting um and then second uh work on another project called zero confirmation where um it's also actually gets it's a very much multi-chain focused um project uh, where we last year at the very end of the year went live on public uh, mainnet where you can trade bitcoin on uh, uniswap in two minutes or less so zeroconfirmation.com you can check that one out so that's what we're working on um keep an eye on the twitter we'll be back to kind of i think the normal routine next week uh looking forward to an exciting 2021 off to a bang of a start for real (laughs) <laughs> All right, talk to you next week. Peace.